Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, this is Brett Claywell, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. This is Linda Dano. I'm on Brandon's Buzz, and I have to tell you, what a fun hour I just had. Ah, this is a great kid with a wonderful heart and soul. You listen every day. I know I will. Hi, this is Beth Maitland. And this is Joel Brett. And we're on Brandon's Buzz. We're buzzing with Brandon. We are. We're buzzing with Brandon. So tune in. Hey, this is Nicholas Rodriguez. You are listening to Brandon's Buzz. Be prepared to laugh. You're going to have a good time. Hey, hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. This is Pamela K. Long, and I am buzzing with Brandon. And I can tell you that it's some of the most fun that you'll have. So you need to tune in. This is Gloria Loring, and I've just been buzzed by Brandon, and I gave Brandon some buzz. This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. guys and welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. I am Brandon. It is Thursday, October 29th, 2009. It's 10 p.m. in the east, 7 p.m. out west, 9 p.m. here in Texas, and I'm live tonight with a special edition of Brandon's Buzz. You know, most of my most of my regular listeners know that I've been pre-taping my last few shows uh and I've kind of fallen into a pattern of airing them on Tuesday nights. Um but this is a it's a special event, it's a special occasion, uh and I've got a great guest tonight, a great show planned. My guest is not called in yet. So while I'm waiting for him to call in, uh, I want to tell you quickly how you can find the show in case you don't know. Um, kind of mission control for Brandon's Buzz is blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. Uh, from there, you can listen to the show. You can download old shows. You can leave comments. You can send emails. You can you know, give me feedback. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Uh, that's kind of mission control for Brandon's Buzz. You can find everything there, all of the information about what's on the show, what's been on the show, what's coming up on the show. Uh, again, that's blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. You can also find me at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. Uh, there at that site is a full radio archive. Just click on the blue radio button at the top of the page. That will take you to a page where you can see all my guests uh, in reverse uh, chronological order from newest to oldest. You can click on each date and each guest name, and that will take you to a page where you can see the great banners that my pal Joanne makes to help me advertise the show, and you can listen to the corresponding show. Um, so that's at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com, and again, there's a full radio archive there, and this show will be in the radio archive as soon as it's uploaded to the main website, blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz. Uh, you can also find me at iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys. Uh, just type Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box, scroll down to the podcast section, um, uh, click on my logo, and from there you can download individual old episodes as podcasts and play them back on the device of your choosing, or you can subscribe to the show and have them automatically download to your library the minute they're uploaded to the music store. So uh, there's no excuse not to be able to find me. I'm all over the Internet. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on iTunes. I'm on my blog. I'm on blogtalkradio.com. I'm all over the place. Just Google the words Brandon's Buzz, and something will pop up that will point you in my direction. And uh, I appreciate you guys finding me and listening to me and coming here tonight for, uh, again, what is a special, you know, it's a, it's a very special, it's a red-letter day in daytime tomorrow and next week. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I'm so thrilled to have my guest here today to talk about it. You know, we're taking phone calls tonight. It's going to be kind of a roundtable because, you know, I, as I said, it's, it's a big day for daytime tomorrow, and I have lots of opinions um, about it, and my guest does as well, I know. And, when you know, we, we both want to hear from you guys. So the number is 347-202-0799. 
when you get connected, press 1 on your touchstone keypad to kind of let me know that you want to talk because some people call in just to listen, and I don't want to bring you on the air if you don't want to be on the air. So if you press 1, that kind of alerts me on my switchboard to look for you know, someone who wants to talk. And we're going to be taking callers and, and getting opinions and you know, talking about all kinds of big stuff. It's, it's a big day for daytime in general tomorrow and for one show in particular. And you know, uh, as I said, we have a lot of opinions about it. You know, My guest tonight is becoming quite the regular here at Brandon's Buzz, and he's becoming utterly ubiquitous elsewhere as well. He writes a bi-weekly column for Advocate.com, which focuses on the latest gay-related happenings in the soap world. He's just joined Scott and Melissa Reeves' new radio show as their resident soap expert. He can be heard with his great soap break spots on XM Radio still. And, of course, he runs a website which bears his name and is home to some of the most fascinating, most interesting interviews with famous and rising soap stars to be found anywhere on the web. And on the eve of what I'm certain will stand as a history-making soap storyline, the mass gay wedding boom which is taking place on ABC's One Life to Live tomorrow and next Monday. He's come by the buzz this evening to offer his thoughts and to discuss the other hot daytime topics of the day. It's great to welcome back to Brandon's Buzz tonight the terrific, the interesting, the intelligent Michael Fairman. Boy, I hope I can live up to that. <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> I think I can. I'll try. You know, I, what are you going to wear tomorrow to the wedding? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <clears throat> you know, I haven't decided yet. I've got to narrow it down to three choices, yeah. so I'll, uh, it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a last-minute pun. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put it together at the last minute. <laughs> but, well, how uh, exciting yeah. is this? It is really exciting. You know, it, it's uh, I have to give kudos to One Life to Live with this because, you know, and we'll talk about this tonight, of how the other soaps have tanked or gone with their gay storylines or, or what's I going mean, on with that. But I really think that this is a really interesting concept that Frank Valentini and Ron Carlovadian have come up with. Um, it's interesting. I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Obviously, at the core of this, not only is Vicky and Dorian's mayoral battle, which is going to go down to the wire, um, which is great, is the fact of Kish, you know, Absolutely. and really seeing. Um, I have to tell you, I've really enjoyed Brett Claywell's work recently. I think he's really been good. And you know what? I, I've been I've been saying to anybody who will listen on this show, I think he's doing the work to watch in daytime right now. Obviously. I actually think he's doing a great job and I was wondering how to see a straight actor, you know, playing this role and he seems to do it with really with ease and abandon and 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 uh, it's very believable to me as a gay person. So you know, he, I, I find that, you know. He's committing to this material 150% and he, he you know, some actors when they're doing stuff like this, you can kind of tell they're a little squeamish. And you can't, you can't, you don't get that from him at all. You don't get that from him at all. And I know you've talked to him, and I've talked to him, and, and you know, you get the sense that he knows it's a very important story, and he knows that all eyeballs are kind of on how they will tell the story, if it's going to have any legs past the sensationalism of. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. The sensationalism of this same-sex wedding-a-thon that's going to mm-hmm. happen, and really, you know that. But I'm really interested to see, as a viewer, you know, if I take myself out of the journalistic and you know soap expert, just as somebody watching it, I really want to see the journey that I feel how Kyle and Fish get together at this wedding and 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 what plays out. Absolutely. The thing that's been kind of interesting about this to me, and I don't know if you read my Robin Strasser interview. Um, an advocate a while ago. Yes, I did. A couple weeks ago, uh, which, yeah. Which was which was really funny. You know, we had to cut that interview down. It was really a much longer interview, but on, we had to cut it down for space. And I wish everyone could have read the full 
diva version of Robin, you know, because it's great. I mean, she has such great quotes and such uh-huh. a stance on things. Well, you're going to have to send it to me. <laughs> it's the bootleg. I want the, Robin, I want the director Roger interview. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but what's interesting about it is, you know, you have Amelia and you have um, <laughs> Nicholas Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, and you have their characters really. Kind of like I, you know, I'm not like you know, you don't like them. You're like, what is this militant? You know, are, are we supposed to like them? Do we understand that? You know, it's this militant gay attitude thing, which I think is really interesting to see, uh-huh. because actually there are, you know, people that are so for a cause and rightfully so. So it's it's really interesting to see all the little twists and turns of this, and I'm loving Tuck Watkins in the whole mix of this. <laughs> Because he's not only being his buffoon self, but you can tell he really cares about Dorian. Uh-huh. You know, their, their last scene today was, was amazing. When when uh, David and Destiny were, I don't know if you watched today's episode or not. I didn't see today's yet because I was working, but I did see David and Destiny the other day, and I thought, here's a great, like, where else on One Life to Live would they be smart enough to put the two of those together? Uh-huh. <laughs> because she's amazing, first of all, and he's you know, the way they delivered the line, it was great. I did not see today, so. Yeah, well, Tuck and Robin at the very end of today's episode had a great scene at the end, and, and it was uh-huh. just, you know, you, you, every time they're together, they play, they play the 15 years Wait, of Wait, I thought you said Destiny. Say it again? Didn't you say Destiny? Well, D- David and Destiny are going to rescue Matthew, and so they were leaving oh, Dorian right. out yeah, yeah. at the end of today's episode, and, and Robin and Tuck had a nice little scene at the end. Right. Uh, you know, he was basically... You know he's very disappointed in the fact that she's that she's going through with this. She's marrying this woman, and and he was just letting her know that you know he's he's extremely disappointed in her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, and if Robin really had an issue with this of trying to, you know, it's the whole thing of deceiving somebody and putting on something that isn't true because she is not the character is not gay, so. You know, but it's also interesting in how they're doing it, and I think it's great. I mean, they actually had a gay and lesbian alliance in Landview. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? I never knew. <laughs> I didn't think in those soap towns they had gay alliances. But not only that, but who knew the gay vote was so important? I did not know <laughs> the gay vote could swing kind of in our election. It? Huh? It's kind of refreshing, isn't it? I think it's great. <laughs> you know, so it's really up to the gays to vote for Vicky or Dorian, which is. Hilarious because they're both iconic, you know. For the gay gay men, love Vicky and Dorian. So absolutely, absolutely. You know, yeah. So which I think it's very interesting. And look, if anyone's going to do it tongue in cheek, do it well and play the layers of it. It's really Ron Carlovati's writing and Frank Valentini. I mean, I could not see this going on any other show, and certainly not with how they what they've done behind it. And they really they've really done it in a really cool way. So I'm I'm ready to see it. Well, and you know what's great about this storyline and this show in general is that pretty much everything on this on this show works as both tongue in cheek and high drama. I mean, it's you know it's it's a, it's they're throwing they're putting forth a great template in terms of constructing a modern soap opera. In terms of you know you can be funny and you can be serious and it can mesh brilliantly well. Absolutely, I mean, and they've done that because they have certain characters on the canvas that they can really kind of. They can go either way. They can do the heavy drama. They can do the comedic moments, and they can do Absolutely. those beats. I mean, if you look at someone like Hillary Smith, she can play anything. Well, Hillary Smith can play everything if they give her something to do. <laughs> so, um, 
And I'm really one, you know, I've, we've all wanted digressing to Bo and Nora, to see Bo and Nora together again for how many years. I just keep thinking there was so much bad, there was all that bad blood they potentially between them years ago. Uh-huh. They didn't like each other and all of that, which is uh-huh. why they didn't put them back together. So I'm wondering how they're liking that now, you know. But Bob is a great guy, and she's a great actress. I just, Absolutely. I, I never think they have enough to do. So, you know. We'll see. So talk to me about this Kish storyline. I, I, I want to know why it's working so triumphantly in your view. I mean, you know, you've been, you've been around the block a while, and, you know, I've been watching. I've been around the block a long time. I've been watching Soaps 30 years now, and, you know, we, I know that you and I have seen all the gay storylines that have come and gone on these shows. Uh, I remember them all, and I'm sure you do, too. On paper, this storyline shouldn't work at all. I mean, none of these characters are connected to a core family. That's what's really interesting. One of them arrived on the show doing completely heinous things to people that we, the audience, love. I mean, why is this working as well as it is? I think it's working as well as it is because if you look at how you have to take, if we're going to invest anything into any character, you have to see the struggle. And we actually, once we saw there was Fish, the bumbling, you know, police guy, and there was evil Kyle, who really had no purpose other than being evil Kyle and mm-hmm. screwing things up. And, you know, I think you had to see the journey, because how, I think they said, we're going to do a gay storyline. They had Scott Evans, an openly gay actor, who was given an opportunity to, not, to do something very important that didn't work well on Y&R with an openly gay actor mm-hmm. up to this point. And I think because they told the coming out story and the struggle of it, you know, if you see people that you don't really have connection to anything, there has to be something that you're going to invest in, and that was the fact that you saw his internal struggle. And they brought it on in, in, in little bits, you know, the whole Layla thing. And, and who ha- I mean, I know many, many gay men who have had the same similar situation Absolutely. where they been with a girl or pretended to be with a girl or tried to date a girl or it's painful it's really really tough and i think it was very relatable i think it was relatable to the gay audience i think that if you're someone in middle america who maybe doesn't know a lot about gay people or doesn't don't understand that i think that the whole positioning of having his mother come in his real life mother lisa come in and play the the parents thing was tough too to watch Mm -hmm. and i think he was very real because he tapped into his real life situation of course it was acting but scott did and i just think it was because they found a way to make him somebody that's going through a struggle and if you go through a struggle there's something for the people to root for just to come back and go i'm a gay character so what so what I say? I mean, that means like, okay. So what's the, you know, what what's the problem? Yeah, exactly. You know, what's the problem? The thing with Kyle that I found a little difficult is because when he was, you know, there he was. I remember him stripping in the club, and I remember him <laughs> like, what is this? You know, <laughs> what is this, what is going on? And then he was all running around with the bags of blood, and the whole uh-huh. thing with Stacy and blackmail. And I was like, how? And I couldn't figure this out. How is the you know I'm watching going okay so I know they're going to do this gay storyline with these two how are we going to like this Kyle guy uh-huh, exactly because I really didn't like him I you know I didn't know what to think about the actor at that point but I really didn't like the character absolutely because he was sort of out of nowhere so you know that he was originally scheduled to be the Skyler character yeah 
yes. that Scott Clifton had. So it was kind of like, I can only imagine, and I asked him what when you found out you were going to play the gay character, he's like, yeah, it was a bit of a twist. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's what he's prepared to do. But look at it now. He's he's gotten more attention. Oh, sure. He's gotten a better role. Not that Scott was a bad role, let me just say that. I mean, a role, you know, a role perhaps better than what he would have done if he wasn't Skyler and they gave him something else. But it, it, it's true what you're saying, because, you know, when, he, when Kyle first came on, he was kind of the standard issue mustache twirler. I mean, he didn't Well, have... I thought he was just a thrown-in thing to take us exactly. off the mark. Exactly. You know, and, I, and that, then when I was really surprised, I was going, wow, he's even in the opening credit, so he's on contract. <laughs> you know, you don't see, you know, Scott Evans is not in the opening credit, uh-huh. uh, but you see Brett is. So, and I think it's obviously, you know, when I see Brett, He's not playing the mustache twirler now. He is really, you know he loves Oliver. Absolutely. You know, and this it, other guy is driving me up a wall. <laughs> the character. <laughs> Although, um, you know, Tika Sumter called him Clark Kent cutie batootie. Yes. Yes. So. You know, I had him on my show too, and, and I'm just, I, I am enraptured by him. I think he's amazing. Really? Yes. Yeah. I, so I have not spoken to him. We have, we have totally differing views on him. I, th- I think he's incredible. That's good. So, yeah, I mean, he's great. He's a spoiler in the whole thing. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I mean, he, he came in, and, and Brett and Nick had instant sparks, and it, it kind of instantly made this a viable triangle instead of just, you know, the, the standard, well, we're going to keep them apart for six months and then bring them together. I mean, this... this right, the this only was, thing I think, the only thing that's kind of, you know, I this ceremony coming up, if if they actually, and I'm not going to wreck the story here, but... You know, let's just say they're actually going to say I do, or, you know, I'm talking about Fish and Kyle. It seems like that happened too fast. They haven't even gotten together, almost. <laughs> That's what kind of bugs me about uh-huh. it. That, to me, is not, does not ring true. I want to go on the journey with these guys like I would with any other couple. Absolutely. And I want to see them struggle. And I don't want it just to be, you know, about this other guy and his agenda yeah. as a spoiler. <laughs> You know, so that kind of bothers me because I don't want them to rush that because then where is there to go? And I find that is part of the big problem with Luke and Noah and As the World Turns. Not, they don't, not only do they not know how to write for them. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Which is a whole other segment of your show. <laughs> I could go on for hours about that. Uh, we um, all, but, we all yeah, have. so, right. So not only do they know how to write for them, but they're not. So... <laughs> You know, so it's important, I think, how they, my point is, they positioned the characters very well. They made it believable that there is this longing for each other. You have to long for each other. In order for couples to work in soaps, there has to be that yearning longing. Mm -hmm. And you have to tease the fans along the way for a long time and give them drips and drabs on the way, like, oh, it's almost going to happen, it's almost going to happen, it's almost going to happen, and then it does. I would really hope that this isn't going to be just... What I don't want to have happen is it be, it's a great publicity stunt for One Life with the same-sex wedding-a-thon and all mm-hmm. these things are doing. And then once this hits its peak after next week, what's the fallout going to be from that? Because I hope the story has legs, you know, that it has legs. Exactly. So it's not just, okay, we did that really cute, you know, we did the same-sex wedding, we made our statement, but now what do we do with these guys? You know, I've I've kind of heard some some rumors and some spoilers about things that are coming up, and I won't spill anything because, you know, for for people who are who stay spoiler free. But 
you know, if, if even half of what I've heard is coming up actually comes to fruition, I think it's going to be a very interesting fall and winter and, and next spring for the show. I do, I, too. I, I certainly don't think it's over uh, next Monday. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I want it to live up to. Yeah, exactly. You know, it needs to live up to, and, and it needs to keep going, and it needs to be integrated in, and it needs to be part of the canvas. And, it, you know, it, it doesn't have to be shoved down people's throats, but it needs to be on a few times a week so the story keeps moving some exactly. direction. Well, you know, I think it's remarkable the way they've the way they've integrated these characters into the canvas. I mean, Fish is a cop, Kyle's a doctor, or going to be, Nick's a teacher. I mean, it, it's fabulous that we get to... We get chances to watch these people in the entirety of their lives, not just as you know, token gay characters trotted out once a week. Well, the other thing that I really like and that I really, really like is that Christian is really good friends and looks out for fish. I think it's really great to have a straight guy friend, and they're really they're friends, and they're looking out for each other. And Christian is there for fish. And I think, wow, how refreshing is that? I have Absolutely. not seen that actually in that way on a daytime soap that I remember. So I'm thinking, wow, that really makes Christian pretty good, too. Absolutely. And I you like know, that. When you, when you think of Christian, you think of the kind of Latino machismo kind of, you know, standard character in that way. You wouldn't think of him necessarily as being uh, a gay man's best friend. And, and so it's, it's a great little, little twist in that character. Yeah, and I, I mean, I like it. And I think he's the right one to do it because you wouldn't have expected it. Absolutely. And, um We'll see. We'll see. And they're, they're so I funny tell, together. They're, they're so funny together too. They are. I mean, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow, and then I'm really looking forward to Monday's episode. So Monday's episode should be really good. And then, I'm sure many of you may know who who cast the deciding vote in the election, or not. <laughs> uh, I read about it in TV Guide. I don't know if anybody else did. Right. So then there's that whole mess. And you know, we still don't know who's going to win. I, I haven't heard who's going to win, and I. <clears throat> I, I, you know, I think they're being smart by kind of playing that close to the vest. Right, I think they've played it close to the vest. I think they've indicated that it's going to go one way, but I don't know if that's it. But I, I think I know. <laughs> and the great thing is there's great drama either way it goes. I know, and I do know that Vicky gets into more another situation with Charlie coming up in November. Okay. So there's more going on there. And then I know that David and Dorian have legs to their story coming up after this whole fallout. So, so we're, we're, we're keeping Tuck for a while? Yes. Well, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say. I can't say. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I've got nine people on the switchboard waiting to talk. All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's bring in some calls and see, okay. um, see, who, who, see who's got some opinions here. Okay. Uh, this one was first. It's area code 804. You're on the line with Michael Fairman. Hi, Michael Fairman. Hi. Hi, what's your name? Um, Bailey. I actually met Michael at um, Megan's event this past summer. Right. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm fine. Um, my question, is it, my, is it okay my question is from for GH? Okay. Uh-huh. Of course. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if... Oh, no, we're uh, talking about whatever. Go ahead. Sure, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I was just wondering, with all those loose contracts um, now, why isn't Megan getting one since Natalia is leaving, Greg's leaving, um, Sarah Brown's leaving? Why doesn't okay. Megan get one? Oh, you know, if we had the answer to that, Bailey, you know, I, I really... This has been the 
question now that you and I have talked about in person, that we talked about at Megan's event. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, clearly, obviously, they brought on Jonathan Jackson. There's the James Franco thing. There's there's big things going on at that show, so certain things have to go to make room for other financial things. And, you know, I think that's part of it. I don't know if Megan Ward's going to get on contract they need to write her in a story and have faith in her, and I, I don't know what's going on. You know, this is the age-old question we've talked about every time we've, I've been on Brandon's Buzz, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't say that I, I – I can't – I don't want to say – gosh, I hope she will. I don't understand why – I still am miffed a year later or where, you know, that she's barely there. And it's so funny because she has the most rabid fans of anybody on that show, I think. It's ridiculous. I don't know what to say. I mean, I love Megan. She knows I love her, and her fans are great, and the part's great uh, if they give her something to do. But I, I don't know. I mean, I just think that they've got other agendas right now, and I think that agenda, and this is very important, is that people are trying to save their shows. People are trying to get their ratings up. People are trying to take away all the bad publicity and hard hit times that daytime has gone through the last year it's been bad it's been a battleground so right now i think everyone's number one agenda is how are we going to fix our show quickly what can we do what major moves can we make and i don't know if they consider megan one of those and that's no slight to my beloved megan i just don't know if they think of it or who's making the decision on that so thank you so much for your call though absolutely bailey thank you very much thank you you know, I was going to ask you about this later, but since we're talking about it, what's your take on the on the uh, the Jonathan Jackson situation at GH? I mean, I know you've got an interview up with him this week at your website, MichaelFairmanSoaps.com, and you spoke with Greg Vaughn last week. Uh, was this a good move for the show, do you think? I sat with Greg Vaughn last week. I sat with Jonathan Jackson on Monday. So I sat with him in person, both of these interviews. And, you know, you you know, Greg and I had just a beautiful conversation and the guy was upset this was tough this was a really you know tough thing to deal with absolutely and and he has every reason to be upset um and there was a a decision to be made that they they wanted to try to take the character of lucky in another direction now the problem is greg's legions of fans is huge he has a huge following and I've seen it, I saw it the night I was with him, I've seen it. You know, so he's got a great fan base that Jonathan doesn't have perhaps as big because he's been gone for a while. Absolutely. But you look at John, you know, but I, you know, this is so hard for me to say because I love them both in different ways. But Jonathan, when you see him on screen, it's like, oh, my God. I mean, he was great the last two days. You know, when, when, you, see him on, when you see him with Tony Geary, when you see him with Becky uh, I you saw him with Tony Geary. You get it immediately. I did, you did. And I think that the emotional way in which... Jonathan interprets Lucky, and the fact that there is this deep history with Tony Geary, and he's a completely different actor than Greg Vaughn. I mean, he—he's just there's more emotional life going on in his performance. Greg played a more stoic, you know, straight-laced Lucky, and Jonathan has got all these other things going on. And so I've been just dazzled actually by Jonathan the last day or two absolutely so i can't you know it's hard for me because i sat with greg and i i did give him a hug and i felt really bad 
And then what do I think really went on? Well, Jonathan also said in the interview, if you go to Michael Thurman Soaps, you can actually hear the interview. The audio is there. I posted it last night for his, you know, we did the exit interview with, with Greg and the emergence interview with Jonathan, reemergence. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically, I believe he was told the role was open. He's saying the role was open. And I did hear some rumblings here and there that I think they were looking to recap. I don't know if it was just going to give it to Jonathan. I think they were looking to make a move with the character. So I don't know if other people had been seen, but he seemed to be confused. He seemed to be told one thing. Greg was told one thing. And it was all, bottom line is, they wanted to get rid of Greg Vaughn. That's a horrendous situation to put both of those guys in. And they were both, and and what is Jonathan going to say? So I really tried to get it out of him. Like, when I asked him, it's a bittersweet, it's bittersweet, isn't it? And he goes, yeah. I mean, in his mind, he thought the role was open. Absolutely. And he wanted to take the part. He wanted to work with Tony again. I know Tony and him did talk. That's for sure. He's saying they did talk after the fact that the role was open and to come back. But, you know, there were things put out there by the show or by ABC or whoever wanted to spin it that Greg decided to leave. That is not true. I can tell you that is not true. So, it's tough. You know, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's just a horrendous situation for both of those guys in. And, you know, it's, it's I don't know, it's just, it's kind of... And Greg was very raw. And the thing is, when I sat down with Greg, he was very raw. And I said to him, you know, whatever you want to say... And I wrote his words verbatim, and I wanted to reflect what he had said. And he's a really great guy. And he's already landed a role on 90210. You know he's going to be back. He's a good-looking guy. He always gets work. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, this but is there's like, a whole thing. But there, but lucky, I mean, he's, he's right, been but all lucky, around the business. But Lucky Spencer, I mean, it's really hard if you've watched the show from when Jonathan was 10 and it's hard. You see him and you go, my God, there's Lucky. Uh-huh. So when I saw him, I was like, wow. So I wish I could say I'm not enjoying him as Lucky, but I really am. So well, you know, I mean, like I said, when you see him interacting with his old people, you, you get it instantly. I mean, you, you understand there is that. Definitely a, there's definitely something to be said that his connection with the character is probably without peer. But the other thing is, remember this. Greg was given one storyline, and that was the drug addiction storyline. He really wasn't utilized. And, you know, his gripe to me was, we really, I really wasn't utilized after that. Absolutely. So if you don't give an actor something to play, they really can't show anything. On the other side of that, you can see Jonathan already in scenes where the stakes aren't necessarily so high, but there's stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You see it. So I'm loving him back. It's great to see Jonathan. I was love sitting with him. He's a very soft-spoken guy. Um, I saw him with Lisa Voltaggio and his ch- children. They were there at the set. And, um, you know, I think he will be involved, as he said in the interview. He'll be a lot more involved with Jason because he's going to be a detective. So they're going to have that. I think he's really going to be involved with, you know, the battle of being Luke and Laura's son mm-hmm. and his dad issues and, of course, how was John? It's interesting to see how Jonathan Jackson's going to play the complete disillusionment of Elizabeth, who, by the way, she's a she's become a sleaze bag. 
<laughs> I mean, come on. I shouldn't say that, but she sleeps with all the hot guys, right? <laughs> Good for her. At least she stays in character. Now, I know you Liz fans are going to call up and say I called her Sleepbag. <laughs> Not Becky Herbst. I'm saying Elizabeth. But, you know, it is kind of a, re- a recurring theme with that character. I mean, it's happening. She is. I mean, come on. It's like, I'll go to this hot one. Okay, I'm going to go. And then she longs for them. Exactly. So and I would have I would have liked to see. A, ha- I think I would have liked to see a different storyline, but it does give Jonathan something to do. <laughs> Let's see. This is my buddy John, I believe, my, my Facebook buddy John. I think we're going back to One Life to Live for this one. John, are you okay. on the air? Area code 616? Uh, that's me, Brandon. How are you? How, pretty good. How are you doing? Good, good. Hey, Michael, Michael, how are you? Hi, John. Um, I just have a couple comments. I think the main reason why One Life to Live is working, and honestly, I've seen all their gay storylines since Billy Douglas, and I think it's because they're well-written, and they treat their characters like just all the other characters, and they have real issues. I mean, I even sort of liked the whole Daniel Coulson thing, at the beginning, but then when they just dropped it and didn't have any follow-through with it after the fact, it disappointed me. But I think what Ron seems to be doing now with Kyle and Oliver is treating them the same way as he would Todd, Blair, and Taya. Or, you know, it's no, yeah, I mean, different. I agree. No, I agree with you, and I and I want to make you made a very good point, and I do want to get this across. There has not been a show. I mean, I remember all of One Life to Live's gay stories and the Billy Douglas story and the AIDS quilt story. That was great. That was great stuff back then. Absolutely. And Sloan Carpenter and Bill, you know, the whole thing and the AIDS quilt. That was really moving. There's something about the material that is actually really moving on One Life to Live. And they've done it really well the whole time. The Daniel Colson thing, it it was interesting for a a beat there until it got kind of like mm-hmm. the gay guy's the bad guy, you know, kind of thing. Well, but, no, it's a, but, but you know what? It's okay that a gay guy's a bad guy. That's the other thing. Why shouldn't a gay guy be a bad guy? Because absolutely. gay guys are bad guys, too. All people are... Right. I agree with you. So yeah. I'm, I'm telling you that I think One Life has definitely, as far as the gay storylines, done the best emotional investment of them, you know? Now, it's funny because when you... Because I... I watch as well turns to I like tape one or watch the other one on the internet, but and I really like the Luke storyline when it started. I think where they messed up and no offense to and this isn't a slam against Noah or Jake because I think he's good, but I think what they should have done and it seemed like they were doing it is they should have stuck with Kevin and Luke, and then brought in Noah as a spoiler because I think there was more to Kevin and Luke. And I think with Noah, it just seemed rushed. It's like, here's Noah Marin within two weeks of meeting each other and touching each other's hands or whatever. They're in love with each other. And right. it, just, it seemed like where with Kevin and Luke, there was this backstory, and, you know, they've been friends for, like, ever. And there was all this, you know, there was all this, like, built-up stuff. I think they I think they wanted to go that route, that it was the original idea, but then all of a sudden they backed out and they decided to make Kevin homophobic and trying to get Luke drunk all the time, you know, where at the beginning he seemed to be more concerned about him. So Right. I mean, I've, really, I've been thinking about As the World Turns. It was, 
It's actually been in my mind before tonight because I knew we were going to talk everybody tonight. Mm-hmm. And I was really thinking, you know, after Forbes March has left the show and they couldn't figure out what the hell that was about, <laughs> and which is, you know, a big waste of talent and nothing. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I was thinking to myself and I was in the car knowing that we were all going to talk and I'm going, okay, now what could I do if I was writing the show? Like, where is there? To, they've got themselves in such a corner. Like, what interesting story? Would the writers, knowing how they've written them, what are they going to come up with for Luke and Noah? And the only thing I came up with, and don't kill me, Nuke fans, is like, well, maybe they should kill Noah and have Luke be really upset and find a new, like, find love again with somebody. And I don't know. But what are they going to do? Like, I can't figure out what's the emotional, what are they going to do? Have them go to, you know, another girl come in or Iranian student? And <laughs> well, and I read... Yeah. No, I agree with you because I don't really. And honestly, after reading Forbes's interview, I mm-hmm. don't. I agree with them. I don't think they ever wanted to really put anything into it, you know, because he was even saying, if I wanted to touch his arm, we had to get clearance. Yeah. From PG. I mean, right. And we'll go into that about what I heard at Venice yesterday too, because we. I was talking to Jessica and Crystal about you know the whole thing, the guiding light, but. That's a whole other thing. But, um, yeah, so like I said, John, I was really thinking, what could they do to flip that story? Like, how would we make it interesting? And the only thing I came up with is, like, well, maybe someone has to, like, lose the other guy, and then they've got their own journey of recovering and finding love again as a gay person. And, you know, because that happens. I mean, I have, you know, male friends who lost their loved one, and they've had to go out again and try to find love again. You see that with heterosexual couples on the show. I mean, but that would be a story for Van Hansis to play, and he could exactly. handle that storyline. You know, he's um, such a great actor, and he's being completely wasted on that show right now. I mean, it's... Well, why do you say that? Well, I mean... <laughs> no, I know. I know. He comes in and... Uh, playing, you know. the, playing the same old repetitive beats over and over again. I mean, they... You know, Luke and the word together, they bring in someone to threaten them, and... Luke has, you know, uh, no end of agita about it, and that's kind of what he's. No, and that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. The I think this story needs a creative jump start, and if they're not going to bring in a, if if the Mason thing failed, as having a triangle, and they weren't even going to go there, I don't know what now. Okay, there's either a triangle. There's are they going to fight and bicker about what? Uh, you know, what's it going to be? Unless it's an illness, you know, somebody, you know, you need to see the stakes. They need some stakes that are very high for this couple to be on it. There needs to be high stakes for this couple to root for them again and to, like, really care. I don't care because they have nothing to do. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think the big mistake they made there was they brought in Noah specifically for Luke, and we all knew it. And so, you know, I mean, there, it's kind of like... Haley and Mateo years ago on All My Children, you know, once they got together, they couldn't be broken up because, you, you know, I mean, the fans loved them so much and just, you know, expected them to be together at all times no matter what. And that's that's kind of the box that they've got Noah and Luke in right now. I mean, Right, and I want to be clear to the Nuke fans. I am I am a Nuke fan. I'm not, not a Nuke fan. I'm just saying I, I, I really loved Nuke, and I believed in what they did, and I thought there was some great stuff early on. And like you said, John, there was great stuff early on, and I want to see something happen. But they've got to give them some airtime that's worth, like, they've got to come up with a, a story that's worth something. And then one thing real quick, I'm sorry, I just flashed on this. No, we, got, we should um, move on, yes. Okay, 
the uh, did did Israel turns right out Adam for Tom Pelfrey? Have you, you heard mean, that? did they write right. him out? Yes, and bring in Tom Pelfrey and kind of give him that spot because that's the rumor I heard that he's not coming back and that's what they're and Tom Pelfrey's going into that. Well, Tom Pelfrey is playing more of the dark character. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, John. Okay. Right. Bye. Let's see. How about area code area code four one four? You're on the line with Michael Fairman. Four one four. Hi, Michael. Hello. Hi. What's your name? I was reading on your website today uh, that um, Gina Tognoni's coming back. Yeah. Kelly on One Life to Live. Yes. Where has she been? What do you mean? Where's she remember. been? Where's well, Kelly been? Kelly with the character Kelly Ben. Oh, Kelly. Went off to, didn't she go off to England? Yeah, she went off to London with Kevin. Yeah, with Kevin. Yeah. yeah. So they wrote her off with them, but then they're they're not together anymore. So oh. I was with Gina Tignoni yesterday on the set of Venice. Who are they and, bringing back? Are they bringing Kevin back or? No, she's he's only going to be. Don't know. Oh. Can't we, tell. No, I can tell you that she would love to do a storyline, and I she said this at the Emmys, and she said this to me yesterday, and we talked about it at the Venice shoot. She would love to do a storyline with Michael Easton. She'd like John McVeigh oh, paired with yeah. Kelly, and I like that idea actually. Absolutely. So we're we've been her and I were plotting yesterday in the hotel room how we were going to get Kelly with John McVeigh. <laughs> he's got he's got a divest. She says she goes. I think he's a great. She says I. She told me she said I think he's a great actor, and I do like him. I think they would be good together. I could see it. It's a good age appropriate person Absolutely. for her. I could go for a John Marty Kelly triangle. Yeah. Yeah, but so she's coming in January. She's starting in January at One Life. Because she's so we, very good. She's wonderful. And, and I we had the other Kellys that she was the, originally the best. She was the best Kelly. And she did say yesterday, and I will tell she did say, yes, I went to YNR. She was touted. You know, she was being, she liked the fact that people were coming to her. Mm. She did have YNR on the radar, General Hospital, um, One Life, and I think days like there were three West Coast shows and one life on the East Coast. She lives on the East Coast, and as much as she'd love to have done a Y and R, and would have loved to have done GH, she said what they what the roles were or what they were thinking about just wasn't felt right. Like going back and doing Kelly did. So I said, did you know back when I talked to you at the Emmys that you were going to be Kelly? And she goes, no, I didn't know when I talked to you, you know, at the end of August, but I knew shortly after that I was, I made the deal and went back. So she's you know, really she would have been a terrific Victoria on, on YNR. What? She would have been a terrific Victoria Correct. on YNR. Correct. But I have to tell you, when I knew Guiding Light was ending, I really wanted her back as Kelly. So well, sure. I mean, one life at and, home. Sorry. But here's what I'm thinking, okay? I'm thinking... Well, we've got Torsten K now coming to all my children, and if you remember, she was involved with Patrick. Like they all, like I would throw her back in there, like bring back Patrick Thornhart. Absolutely. And then you've got Marty and her yeah. all back for Patrick because that was that whole killing the baby storyline with Blair, Blair and Kelly, and the baby died, and she and Kelly was at fault for killing Blair's ba- the baby. And Patrick was involved, and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe we don't know something here yet. Maybe Torsten Kate is going to One Life. So I'm hoping. That's my other thought. 
but I can't confirm very, a thing. Very possible. That would be great. Because then you've got Susan and Thorsten. Absolutely. And Kelly and Gina. So she looked great. She is playing a role in Venice, and she came out uh, just for a few days. They were shooting um, all week out in Venice, California. They're shooting out at the beach. And, you know, I looked at her and I went, my God, she's, she looked taller to me, and she's very thin, and she's a beautiful girl. And we had a really great sit-down interview, which you'll see at advocate.com next month. So um, I can't say enough good things about her. And, you know, I loved her as Dinah, and we talked about how that ended. And she was sad that Guiding Light did end, and that we all know that in this day and time of daytime soap opera crisis that, you know, things need to change. There's got to be a way to keep these shows on with less budget, you know, to, to, to do something to shake this up and, and maintain the quality and, and, and move to a more contemporary vision of that. I don't know what Guiding Light was. I know they were trying to do that, but there's that whole controversy of what, if, what Ellen Wheeler was really trying to do, so I don't want to go there. But. Well, it's all, that, it's all the, uh, the backlash from uh, Guiding Light. Is that still going on, or is it a, a dead story already? I think there, here's the thing, I think that everybody vented and there was such a period of mourning. And, you know, I think what I felt from so many people that wrote to me and talked to me and then being at the epicenter of the tribute package of Gaddy Light and all of that was really a sense of mourning from these people who didn't really know how to say goodbye. And they're doing these so long Springfield tours in different markets in the United States where you're getting to see Kim Zimmer, Robert Newman, Gina, Crystal, they're actually doing these events. They just did one in Pittsburgh last this week and the last week, and then they're doing Vegas. And, you know, they're picking main cities that Guiding Light was big in to say goodbye to the fans. So the fans are actually getting to say goodbye to them, which I think is helping. But I think I think it's, it's I'm hoping it's, we, we've all said our piece because I don't really know where we can go with it anymore. You know, I think things just need to, we, we said our goodbyes. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's tough, but, you know, I talk to people all the time. People that don't even know soap operas knew when I, you know, because they, they know I do soap operas. If I'm in L.A. and they go, oh, you, you know, do you know about Guiding Light? Did that show go off the air? Was that 72 years? And I go, yeah. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. And I said, and there'll never be a show, ever, ever, ever. that will go 57 years. or let alone world. Never. So they're like, wow. And I go, yeah, and on the Emmys, they gave it a minute, and they gave Sesame Street five minutes. I'm like, wow. And nobody could believe that. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. When you were on this show in August, you were, you were previewing the Emmys for us, and you know, we talked at length about the Guiding Light tribute. And I remember you saying at that time, everybody don't get your hopes up, as though yeah. you knew that, that people were bound to be disappointed by that. Were you, were you surprised by the backlash that erupted over that? Oh, no, I was not surprised it at all. It was so fact- that you ended up going on Daytime Confidential to kind of defend yourself a little bit. I went on Daytime Confidential to defend myself. I went TV Guide Canada and Nelson Bronco did interview. You know, I, I defended myself and made a statement. I posted the the correct version in my mind on the Internet because I knew there was, for sure, I could have called that in my sleep. Absolutely. I mean, it was I, almost like I mean, you, I, you knew I, it, it was, wasn't going to go well. It was one of the worst experiences. I can tell you, knowing how much I love this genre, knowing how much I love that show, you know, and just knowing that I knew what was I knew was going to happen. So I was at the end. I could go, "Yep, I was right," and then I knew I would have to defend it. <laughs> so, so what did you what did you think of the last episode of Gunning Light? How did you, what did you think of of the way they wrapped it up? I had a problem with it. 
I really didn't want to see everybody being free to be you and me sitting at the park throwing frisbees. Um, I know why they did that, to make it like everyone had a circle of life, everyone's happy, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> the thing that got me was Kim Zimmer and Robert Newman, um, because that had the emotional story. I didn't like the fact that I kept thinking Jeffrey was going to appear and there was going to be a big cliffhanger mm-hmm. or something was going to happen that didn't. And he, they just dropped that story. And I didn't like the fact that they fast-forwarded only one year. I would have fast-forwarded like 10 years and had really dramatic shift changes have happened. I would have had, you know, um, Rafe come home from the war with an arm missing. You know, I would have had the ba- something happen with the girls. I would have had Otalia have something going on, something mm-hmm. that reset it to give us a vision at the end. Can you imagine if the show would have been on 10 years later, wow, this is what, the, what could have been happened to the characters. Absolutely. Going one year fast-forward just didn't feel satisfying to me. That being said, of course, did I cry with Kim Zimmer? Of course, because I you watched betcha. her on that show and I went, "You betcha!" Oh my God, I can't even say goodbye to this character, and oh my God, she's the best. And there'll never be another actress like her. There'll never be another role for her really like that. And how great they both were, Robert and Kim. And I'm glad they got that moment. I just didn't like how some of it was tied up. I didn't like watching, you know what I really didn't like watching? Poor Justin Dees with his bad hip, you know, <laughs> leading all these people around as a buffoon at the end. It's like, this is Justin Dees! <laughs> that bothered me. On the other hand, how great was it to see Jay Hammer again and Lisa Brown and Melissa Hayden? And It was and- great. It was great. I, I, I also did like Marge Dussay. Absolutely. You know, going out for them. I mean, there, there were great moments, you know, the thing was, I felt that the show, wow, I was watching the first four episodes that week, the final week, and I was blown away. I thought it looked beautiful. I thought it, the stories were so good. I got what was going on. I thought the, the David Allen died was so good. You know, you could see where things were heading, and it was so sad. And then I really wanted to have a, like, I really wanted to have, like, an oh, my God moment at the end. But I understand why they did it, because I think for people to know, probably for some people to know, okay, everything's okay in the town of Springfield, everyone's loving everybody else, and now I can, you know, I understand that mentality. I just think it could have been, I would have liked to have seen a twist. Yeah. And where the hell was Jeffrey? I know, they, they showed him in Edmund in that They showed him in Edmund the, the, the episode yeah. before. Yeah. yeah, And he was up on a roof going, I'm going to get back to you, Reva. And then the next thing I know, she's going, okay, I'll marry you, Josh. <laughs> and she, you know, uh-huh. I do want to say, though, that I thought Kim Zimmer, when she had her the, the final scenes, she looked great. She looked fantastic. She, with her hair, whatever they had, I just liked the way she looked, and I went, wow. She's got beautiful blue eyes, and mm-hmm. she is just the greatest. And it really was watching her act that I will remember at the end because, like, the other stuff was just so trivial to me. Like, I really didn't want to see Cyrus and Mel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching this thing. I'm sitting down with my Kleenex box going, why am I watching this? I What is this? This is the last episode. What are they doing on here? <laughs> And, you know, it was so great because that whole week we, we, you saw people like Jordan Clark and Maeve, Maeve Kincaid and, and Lisa uh-huh. Brown. Well, the end and, episode you know, was the, Mel and... All the greats, yeah. And then all of a sudden here we come with, you know, the, the Australian jewel thief and his, his harem. Yeah. Ridiculous. No, I had a big problem with that. So, there you go. 
All right. Let's go back to the phones. This is Erico202. Okay. I believe this is my buddy Anthony. Anthony, is that you? Yeah, that's me. Can <laughs> you, you hear me? Buddy? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Say hi to Michael. Hi, Michael. How are you? Hi, Anthony. How are you? Anthony, good. in case you don't know, guys, Anthony writes a weekly column for AfterElton.com entitled Gaze of Our Lives. I know uh, Gaze of Our Lives. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to Michael's bi-weekly column for After. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, here we have on the phone right now the, the two most widely read gay soap reporters in the, in the industry right now. So, I'm just putting a lot of pressure on me. I don't know about that. But. Oh, well, I think oh, this I is a big it. yeah right now. <laughs> we're going to have a smackdown. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no, we're all friends here. You're longer than I have, so I think you'd win. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I like gays of our lives. I read your stuff all the time. We just can hear a compliment each other. How's that? That's good. Would you like that, or do you want real drama, Brandon? <laughs> I'm open to anything. Okay. So what's, what's going on, Anthony? Not much. I'm just, you know, um, listening to the show and listening to the conversation and, you know, and, and finding it interesting. I have to say that I totally agree with you about Noah. I think he should be killed off. I'm, I'm Thank <laughs> you! <laughs> oh, it's... It's the fact that the matter is, where can the story go? That's right. Can't go anywhere. There's no. nothing they can do. So they no. need. And the thing is, if you know they can't break them up, and if they break them up, they're back together within the next episode. There's there's really no place for the story to go. If they kill them off, that will give Van some amazing material because we'll get to watch them grieve and mourn and all that kind of stuff. And then we'd get to watch him fall in love with the new guy. Right, and that's what I'm saying. And I'm glad this is so when I was in the car today having this epiphany, I'm glad you agree with me because (laughs) I can't, I agree 100% this is what I'm saying. Van is the one that can really carry a story. He needs something to do. And they can't, the only thing for this to go is we've seen Luke and Noah. They're not going to give them, I mean, the only thing I keep thinking, and I hope they don't do it, is like, hey, let's adopt a baby. (laughs) Uh, see, I know, would which, which, which would be like, baby. oh, God, don't do that. <laughs> you know, I, I really think the only thing to do is kill off Noah. Yeah, because I just don't, I just don't see where they can go. I mean, the fact that this uh, Mason storyline didn't go anywhere is, is proof that the, 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 them as a couple no longer work, and it's time to move on to something else. Right. That's so what's going on? So how now? How long have you been watching soaps? Uh. A long time, about 30 years, 30, 35 okay. years. Yeah, forever, as long as I can remember. Ah, me too. Yeah. So what do you think about the One Life to Live story? Uh, I, I love it. It's great. I, I think, having watched all the gay storylines that have been out there, it's probably the best that I've seen done. That's what I said earlier. It really is. I, I can't tell you. I mean, when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about tonight, Brandon, and thinking about this, I was like, "This really, I can't really say anything other than it is the best storyline that I've seen." Absolutely. For for a, for gay men and for a gay audience, um, you know, um, I'm not talking about Otalia. That's a whole different animal. Right. Kind of. Don't be, only because these were two hetero, previously heterosexual women. You know, the whole plot was different. Different. Right. And that was a love story, which was unbelievable, uh, unbelievable in a good way, like so wonderfully done and acted until all those missteps with the story. Yeah. Uh, but but you can't deny the chemistry of those characters and the uh, overwhelming impact it had. 
and I really would love this to have on One Life. I love One Life to live. You know, I always have, and I always yeah. think it has you and such... I have, you, you and I have talked about that repeatedly. How yeah, much I mean, show. I do. I think it has such heart to the show, and it's written so well most of the time. And I really want them to, like I said earlier, I really want to see this storyline between Kyle and Fish have legs to it. I just don't want it to be like, oh, God, now what do we do? I don't think they'll do that, but I've said that about... You know, you said that about Luke and Noah years ago. <laughs> you know, but I think so. I think it's different. With, with I think they're not only committed to the storyline. I think they're very committed to the storyline. Oh, absolutely. Waiting. No, no. I don't think they. No, I. I have to tell you, I know they are. I know they and are. And it's also they're on a different network, so they don't have the same kind of uh, politics <laughs> to deal with that they do. No, on. and I no, and I do think the people that are in charge over there, for their reasons, are committed to it. You know. Right. But it, so. isn't it hilarious that it's that it's Disney that's doing this? I mean, you know, you don't you don't necessarily tend to associate the words Disney with the words socially progressive. I mean, it's it's hilarious to me that it's yeah. Disney that's spearheading this. I don't know about that so much. I, I you know, I just think that I think they're just doing a really good job, and I think if it's I I don't think any other show could have done it as good as One Life to Live. So, you know, it's now I have to say, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I have to say, actually, I'm a new viewer to One Life to Live. I actually um, only started watching because of the the Kyle and, and Oliver storyline, uh, you know, because I have enough television to watch as it is for my column. Right. So when they added the story, I said, oh, great, another soap to watch. And <laughs> well, that's my, concern, right. my concern, here's, that's funny you said that. See, here's my concern with these columns. It's like, you know, if <laughs> if these storylines are dropping away, you know, we have to stretch. <laughs> yeah. How well, are we going to stretch our columns? But but we but both Anthony and I do that well, so we're going to stretch the hell out of this. And, yeah, and it's a little different for me because my column covers shows around the world. So yeah. well, right, you're very worldly. Yes. So I have a lot. I have a more international feel. So I have a lot more material to cover, actually. Um, sure. But um, back to what I was saying. Now, I'm a new viewer to the show. And it's, I love the show as a whole, as a complete. I just think it's amazing. I mean, I pretty much like every storyline, most of the storylines, pretty much all the characters. I mean, it's really an amazingly well. It is an amazing show, and I really want everyone to keep, you know, as we talked about, uh, you know, as Ben talked about, that One Life was in trouble, and maybe it's a show that, you know, they can't cancel that show. Absolutely. Because that is the oh, that is the show. Absolutely. That has, that's like a really great show from top to I, bottom. So. And you know, it, it, in a way, it's fitting that it's this show that's that's you know uh, doing the storyline because this is the show that has always made its name putting forth socially relevant material. I mean, you know, if you go back to to '68, uh, the year they the year they debuted with, you know, they had Polish Americans. They did the whole they did the whole story with Ellen Holly. I mean, you know, this is this is the show that's always been very socially relevant. Absolutely, Anthony. Make sure to Facebook me so I can say hello. Oh yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Thank I don't. I I would love to. Um, Keep in touch. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Thanks a lot. You're you know, welcome. Well, I've got I've got two great journalists on the air, and and uh, I've got a great question from my partner that I want to pose to both of you guys. Okay. What? <laughs> he wants to know why, unlike the Nuke storyline, is this storyline with Kish, Kyle and Fish, not being covered by the mainstream media? I mean, if you think back to Nuke, I mean, Nuke was covered by the New York Times. They were covered by Entertainment Tonight. I mean, they were covered by you know, all these mainstream media outlets in a way that, that One Life simply isn't getting done. And 
I'm wondering if you two have any insight as to why that's happened. Well, I'm going to chime in for a minute and just say that when they did, you know, they were the the first kind of in this new, you know, last few years. So they were the first like gay young couple guys. Right. Yeah, they were the they were the first. So so being the first of anything gives you that notoriety and gives you that main. There's something to talk about mainstream. Kyle and Fish aren't the first. However, they're better. The way it's told, yeah. But they were about first. It. But yeah, they were the first. So that that was that was that was why, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and, and it's unfortunate that that Kyle and Oliver aren't getting that kind of attention because a they could use it for publicity for the show. That was great. And b you know people need to watch them. They need to get the word out there because this is one of the best uh, gay storylines are being told anywhere. Actually, right. I think. And right, absolutely, and that's one of the reasons I think it was very smart. Why, you know, with what we've all done with our our columns and the interviews and TV Guide, you know, Michael Logan and and Robin's interview that I did, and all these things, we're trying to get the word out there through these interesting stunt parts of the storyline with the same sex wedding and the different beats of the story. If that's the way you have to get it out there, so people will start coming to it because you can't go well where they're the first gay couple because they're not so and i think it's interesting with them the one thing that this had was scott evans was an openly gay actor right which is different than the nuke story Mm -hmm. so here's an openly gay actor coming out and the other thing they had another leg to that publicity was his his mother is going to play his mother on the show so Mm -hmm. there's been some inventive ways there's a famous movie star so right so there's chris evans so there's all of these ways that i think and working with the PR team that I have, you know, there's ways that we are always coming up ways of, like, what are we going to do? Right. Um, because you have to keep spinning it to get the word out there. So they're doing it. It's just not you – can't, you just can't go, wow, we're there. it's Luke and Noah because, <laughs> you know. Right, it's good to talk to you, Anthony. Absolutely, Anthony. Thanks for calling in, buddy. No problem. It was great to talk to you. So how far do you see how do, how far do you see One Life taking this? I mean, are we going to see love scenes between Kyle and Fish? I mean, how? I mean, it's pretty remarkable the way they, without beating us over the head with it, they communicated to us very clearly that Kyle and Nick were intimate with each other. And I'm wondering how far they're going to take their money. I mean, it's obvious that the end game is Kyle and Fish. So I'm wondering how far they how far they they plan on taking this. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I mean, as far as would you, will they be rolling around in bed? Yeah, I mean, what's your sense? You know, I want to believe that they will do something because cause I want to believe that they will. <laughs> but, you know, I, there's other uh, things that come into play, network executives, sponsors, you know, who knows. But I think, again, they have kissed. There's been some real good, there's been some physicality there. And let's see. You know, I, I I I hate talking about this because I don't want people to be disappointed, and I don't mm-hmm. want to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we've all been so disappointed, and that's the thing. When I think we talked about this before, when I said in my lifetime, I never thought I would see four or five gay storylines. Oh, I remember and when now, you and now I'm disappointed because I'm like they're all falling by the wayside. <laughs> you know, really. Um, except one life at the moment, really. Um, so, you know, when I was on last, I was really excited, and now I'm kind of really... <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of... 
I'm, I'm reserved about how far they will go, but I think if anyone's going to go further, it's going to be one life to live, Absolutely. that's what I'll say. So, Absolutely. You, you want know, to take a call? This sudden explosion of gay storylines across the dial, is this a pretty, I don't know, maybe tacit admission by the networks that soaps aren't just for women anymore? Well, you know, I don't know what to say about that because I don't feel there's gay storylines all across the I mean, here's the issue. The nuke story is nowhere, okay, number one. Number two, Y&R, where did Rafe go? Where, what? Is going on with Philip the Third? Absolutely nothing. That was that um, was what is going on with the Adams? Like all of these things have gone absolutely nowhere. So I can't say that I feel that there is this great shift in, you know, Y and R doing this and this. I don't see that. I don't know where that is. I know they've got many other things on the canvas right now. I understand, but like One Life to Live is doing, you don't bury your characters. You've got them in story. So they're not doing anything. So I don't feel like whoop-de-doo right now because I feel kind of like we're getting going backward. I feel we've got we've done some things with Otalia. We we did some things with Tom Beard's coming back. We had Nuke, and we've got Kish, and we had of course everyone's favorite yeah. Bianca and Reese, uh-huh. <laughs> which storyline I didn't like either. So <laughs> I don't. So I'm just basically saying I don't know. I don't feel it's like a great time either right now. I'm feeling really kind of like, hmm, I don't know. You know, are they pulling back? You know, are they going to do anything? Um, well, you know, waiting? I mean, it seems pretty clear to me that at least some of these shows are chasing whatever audience happens to be available. And if it happens to be the homosexual crowd, you know, say La Vie. I don't know. Well, the homosexual crowd is there. They just need to cultivate them. Yeah. And they are there, and they're a big part of the audience. Sure. I can, you know, very big part of the audience. Whether they gave them a gay storyline or not, guess what? They're watching soap operas. We're watching the soaps, many of them. <laughs> many of us, not them. So they're there. They, it would be great if they could see a relatable story, which, which they're doing in one life. Um, and it would be great to see it across the board on more soaps. Sure would. But we're going through a very tough time where it really is about saving the economic value of the shows, getting the numbers back up, taking the hit away that daytime has taken this past year or two. It's been really tough. And, you know, I think it's been really interesting from my end when I'm working with the PR departments and the publicists and the actors, they do want me to get the gay stories out there, and I want to do that. I really love doing that. You, I really do. It means so much to me, and I love doing it. And I would write it all, you know, but there's got to be something to talk about, too. Absolutely. I can't just say, well, there's a gay character <laughs> who never came down the stairs, <laughs> like Rafe, the legal eagle on Weiner. <laughs> who hasn't been around? What, what happened with that? So, you know, I can't tell you that I feel it's a wonderful time for gay storylines. I feel we're in a... a, a a transition period where either they're going to start writing for these characters that they brought in or it's going to be over and until the next you know, wave of gay Absolutely. stories is attempted. You know, speaking, of, speaking of gay storylines throughout the history of soaps, isn't it a nice touch that they're bringing back Andrew Carpenter to officiate these weddings? Given the, <laughs> I love it. You know, oh, the I love it. role that he played in the, in the show's original game. I story. love it. I love it. And given his character's immense history with Dorian. I love it. I think it's all great. I can't wait. I'm you know, telling you. It's going to be good. Bob Krimmer was my very first guest on this show back I then. I know you love Bob Krimmer. 
And we tried like hell to get him back in here to talk about his cameo this week, but we just couldn't get our schedules to mesh. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I don't know how many how many of the new fans will understand what's happening with that character, but no, they probably won't. But you know, what do. a great little gift to the longtime fans. It is watching. great. They think about those things over there. Absolutely. <clears throat> Frank's been there for twenty years now, and Ron's been there for over ten, and you know, they both have shown that they have a, an immense respect for the show's history. History. Absolutely. <clears throat> How about back to the phones? Area code 727. You're on the line with Michael Fairman. Hi. Hi, what's your name? Uh, should I say my Twitter name or my real name? Take your pick. <laughs> okay, uh, Italian fan 87. Hi there. What's on your mind? Hi. Um, actually, I wanted to talk about Venice. Um, Crystal has been tweeting like all the pics and stuff, and um, I saw where you said that you went on set. How was that? Oh, it was great. It was so much fun. Um, It was really great because there was about four or five of us. There wasn't a lot of journalists and people there, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. And they were shooting outside this hotel in Venice Beach and interiors and like in a a coffee shop area and different stuff. It was very low-key and it was great to really see this finally coming together. I can't tell you, it was so exciting. And and I sat with Crystal, and you'll see the interview a bit later on. It was a great interview. We we had such a good, you know, because it was very emotional. I said, I can't believe after all the conversations we've had, Crystal, it's finally here. You're finally, finally keeping together. the show. Yeah. And it was such an emotional, great moment. And we talked about what it meant. And, you know, this is something that was a labor of love and really how unbelievable support of the gay audience has been and she's been able to cultivate that and what she's been able to do. And to talk to Jessica. Jessica was there. She looked so great. Um, she, Ivy was there, her little baby, and her husband. And she looks wonderful. And to get to sit down with her, too, was great. And, um, you know, everybody's working at a really fast pace because we talk to everybody while they're on their lunch break. Um, but everybody, you know, Gina Tegnoni was there. Jessica was there. Nadia Bjorlin, as I know, you probably know, replaced Elizabeth Keener because she yeah, was ill, so she had to. She was like talking to me, going, "I don't know what part I'm playing. I got to learn my lines." So she, you know, everybody's working so fast, but yeah. it really is a labor of love. And I talked to Kim, Teresi, and we did an interview, and and Crystal. And what can I say? You know, I yeah. love Crystal. You know, what can I tell you? Um, yeah. To to have someone like that, we have our own mutual admiration society for each other, and and it's just been such a great thing professionally to be part of it, you know. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for it to come out. I'm really oh, it's going to be, it's great. It's very exciting. So I know that there, you know, you know, there's six or seven minute episodes and they're hoping to launch it around Thanksgiving, the first episode. And, um, you and know. How many are there going to be? Do we know? I think she said 12. Okay. I believe. And a lot of the East Coast actors, though, were not there. Um, Hillary B. Smith was not there. Jordan Clark was not there. Now, Galen Gehring, as you know, replaced Jeff Branson, who replaced Daniel Cosgrove, mm-hmm. in yeah. the role of yeah. Owen, right? So when mm-hmm. I was there, I was like, where's Galen? <laughs> and they're like, he left. And I'm like, well, I need him. You know, because Galen and I are goofy together, too. And it's like uh-huh. I wanted to bring the advocate audience, like the hot guy in the group, but there was no Galen. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, but I'm I'm interested to see that and um, it was just a great to see everybody you know and to see them away from guiding light mm-hmm, yes and and we touched upon you know of course 
I can't quite let that go either. So I'm like, so what did you think about the end? You know, so we kind of, you know, Gina took oh, listen, we'll, we'll be dissecting that for years to come. For 30,000 years. <laughs> Longer than the show aired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I can tell you that then there was a photo shoot that you oh. will see. What's and, that? Huh? How was that, the photo shoot? Oh, it was great. There was, there was uh, Nadia Bjorlin. And yeah. Crystal and Jessica, like the three girls in this like really hot picture. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, what else was I gonna ask? Yeah, so Crystal's been saying like her character and Jessica's character will not be together on on the show on Venice. I mean, do you know anything about that? Like, if they're gonna like be swappy partners or or what? Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a guarded secret over there what's really going on but I'm really it is uh, but you know that I think that they are they're ex-girlfriends in the show I think they're ex-partners in the show but I think that possibly there maybe that may be the pull you know that you know that maybe they're Gina's a dysfunctional character Crystal's character is a professional minded character a lesbian who's very comfortable with herself but she's you know, got issues. <laughs> yeah. You know, like emotional issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think her and I think everyone's kind of it's it's a messy thing, which is good. Like you know, I think maybe her and Jessica are ex girlfriends, and maybe they're each other's lifelong loves. I don't know. We got to watch. I really yeah. don't know. I don't want to. Well, say- I also have a well. I also have a, uh, a comment about Eric Brayton. Um, him, you know, almost exiting Young and the Restless, and now he's decided to take the pay cut. Like, what's that whole story about? Because, <laughs> I mean, everybody just went crazy when they found out that he was going to be leaving, and now he's not. And you know, like, what, what was what was that? Let me ask deal? you a question. Let me ask you a question before I answer that. What do you think about that right now? Are you like, what 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 are you thinking? Like. Why well, did that? I'm a long, I'm a long time Young and the Restless, you know, watcher. Um, mm-hmm. When I heard about it, I, I, I don't know. I was confused actually. I, I had mixed emotions. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought maybe he left because they, well, you know, they decided to cut back his pay, and he didn't want to do that. But then I thought maybe he got fired or something, and. You know, I, I just don't know. I just have well, what really went what what really went on here is that you know again, the show's had, licensing agreement got cut, which means that they had to cut make budget cuts, and a lot of the actors were asked to take salary cuts from what they were making, and there was a clause, a twenty six week contract clause that he didn't realize he had said that was in his new in his contract, and. After 26 weeks, you can renegotiate the contract. He didn't realize this, and they wanted to negotiate him down at a lower salary. He was pissed off about it that you know he didn't understand this, and he had already taken a budget cut, and felt that the way they handled it was inappropriate. They weren't the, the two sides couldn't really meet. Nobody was talking, and contract talks broke down. Mm-hmm. So when contract talks break down and when actors are going through negotiations, which you've seen with Michelle Stafford on the show, Melody Thomas-Scott, you've seen periods of time where these actors are off the show Mm -hmm. and they're not on because they actually have – daytime is written so fast and so far ahead. You've got to plan ahead. 
So they had to write them out until they actually had a contract to write them back in. So they wrote Eric Braden out November 2nd is his last air date because they were in negotiations and he hadn't said he was coming back. So he was they had not reached a settlement at that point. The the estimated rumored he had a they're saying a 1.5 million dollar contract he ended up with a 1 million dollar contract. What's it they're saying? Um but he came back this week and uh, said he found an amicable deal late last week and they they met and they're it's everything's fine. Yeah, so, I'm happy about that because I mean uh, I was, de- I was definitely going to start watching the show because of that. Well, so. I can't imagine. I never really, really thought in my gut it would ever come to him never being on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, because... Well, I mean, given that the entire show revolves around Victor and his family, I mean, it wasn't a great surprise that he's not leaving. No, him. no, no. And if you really think about it, I think, you know, a lot of it is became huge publicity. A lot of it became showing the support of people wanting him back. And... I think these things all go through this. I mean, it's really tough. All of the big stars have had to take cuts. But you know what? This is what's going on. I mean, right now it's got to be for I have a job. I'm still making a good living. I'm on the number one show, and I've got a great character. Where else are you going to get that? You know? So I'm glad he's back. I'm glad that whole situation is settled and we're moving on. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so well, much for your call. Absolutely. Yeah, you too. And I'm following you too on Twitter. And I know on- you are. <laughs> <laughs> so follow me. Follow me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nice bye. Thanks very bye. much. You Thank know you. that whole Eric, Bra- Eric Braden thing. Didn't that kind of uh, immediately remind you of of Beverly McKenzie bolting from Guiding Light in 1992? Oh. When, when you first heard the story. I did. It did. I'll never forget that either. But. Uh, what this just got out of control, this air thing, and I think the reason it got out of control for me was I think people were feeling that kind of getting annoyed because there were so many interviews of Eric saying the same, you know, situation. And so many exclusive interviews. So many exclusive <laughs> interviews. <laughs> I was I just decided not to ask for another exclusive interview. Um but, you know, so what was interesting is when I went to the when I did my coverage of the World Magic Awards and I got I thought it was interesting to talk to the other actors to see what they would have to say uh-huh. about it. Which was really interesting to talk to Dan Goddard and Christophe St. John and you know Adrian other people France, yeah. and Adrian France who you know, who said what she did and who laid it right out on the table for everyone. <laughs> she did lay it on the table and you know and she said what she had to say and you know, but that's like we're all in this boat. You know, we're all in the boat together right now trying to save daytime. Absolutely. So are you going to be part of our team or not? And it did remind me that I, it was the exclusive interviews was an issue, and then I just kept thinking, gosh, I can't imagine this is really going to happen. You know, I just couldn't, I can't see it. Do you, do you have a sense of which side folded first, Sony or, 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 or Eric? Do you have a sense of, of who kind of caved in? Oh, God, I don't want to say. Okay. <laughs> Because I know that'll be Michael said <laughs> Eric caved in, or Michael said Sony's a bunch of you know, no, no comment. <laughs> you know, speaking of, of Crystal Chappelle, how great is she on Days these days? I mean, that is the that's the coup of the decade for her to get, for those guys to get her back. It is the coup of the decade, and 
it's the coup of the decade that this show that everyone was crapping on a year ago Without is like writing it completely off. Uh huh. It's gonna have a second life. So, and it's due to some really good repositioning, bringing back this crystal story. I mean, can we talk how exciting tomorrow is? I mean, Louise Sorrell's coming back tomorrow. Yeah. So talk about a, a great gay day. You've got Louise Sorrell coming back as Aunt Viv. You've got the gay wedding. I mean, I don't know. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. And I can't wait to see what she does to Carly. So, do we I, have any sense at all of, of, of where they're going with that? I mean, is it? I do. Is it um, going to be crazier than, than Buried Alive? Well, I don't know if you can top Buried Alive. I really don't. And I really hope they don't try to, because Buried Alive is the best. You know? Um, but I do know she's going to make her pay for killing Lawrence. And she's going to get her exonerated. Uh, and she's guilty of murder and get her exonerated. And she's going to make Carly pay. So whatever that means, Vivian's up to no good. Uh, I hope there's not Chinese herbs involved. <laughs> I tell you what, the worse Vivian is, the better Louis Sorrell is. I mean, it's, it's. I just don't want. Here's the thing, and I want to say this now, and I said it to Louise when I talked to her a month. What was it? Six weeks ago, I said, Louise, <laughs> it was. It was great. I loved her when she was horrible. Like she was mean. What I didn't like was when they made her this buffoon, like riding around in jumpers and you know. Horse stuff, and I mean that was ridiculous. And that just made her. And, yeah. yeah, I didn't like the Yvonne thing in her all the time. It was like, this is not the this isn't working for me. So if they keep her grounded as this bitch who's out to you know screw up Carly, great. If they're going to take her and just be so out of so eccentric to the mm-hmm. point of laughable, I don't know if I like that. Mm-hmm. Laughable in a bad way. But she's great. She's great. And I think that anybody that's watched Days since 1990, you know, or is going to love this. So I have high hopes for it. You bet. So Adam killed Stuart? Mm-hmm. Adam? You're really going to make me talk about this? Um, you know, to say, to say nothing of David, but don't you think Agnes is fuming right now about this? I absolutely will say this to you, which we've talked about this before, but I will say... I don't care. It's so, I'm so done with it. I'm so over it. I can't watch it. Why? All of that, because it's Adam, I, I can't watch it. I, try, I tune in and I go, it's still going on. It's still going on. And then if I hear Kendall's reciting poetry one more minute, I, I couldn't take it. She's like, Reciting Zach's poetry, I'm like, boy, <laughs> this show. That show is excruciatingly hard for me to watch. Oh. I'm sorry to tell you. you know, and, and that and whole, it, this was probably the worst murder. Well, I don't know. I really didn't like Carmen Mesta either. <laughs> but this one was tough. You know, it's been years since, since Soaps had a good, really meaty murder storyline, and that used to be one of the hallmarks. Well, because they're they're all predictable, or they or they have so many twists and turns and complications, like this Stewart one, that you just don't care, and I just don't care. It's it's impossible to follow. I mean, this one, I don't even know what's going on. This and one got go, so muddled so fast. That I, it's so muddled, and 
that girl that plays Emma can't talk and <laughs> she's saying and the Annie st- I don't know what to tell you. I really don't can't watch it. I'm really disappointed that it's Adam. You know, I had a feeling about five or six weeks ago just watching it that that, that was kind of where they were headed, and, and I was just praying it wouldn't be true because, you know, it's when you think about how those characters came on and how they always protected each other, it's just it's horrifying to think that it's come to this. Well, dare I say how the show's being mutilated and by who? So what can I say? <laughs> what are you hearing about James Franco? This is this is pretty big news for for daytime for the daytime world. This is world. big news, and I'm really excited about this. I'm really really excited about Do it. Do we know and anything at all about what he's doing? Who he's working? I I can say I was at the set on Monday with Jonathan Jackson, and I was talking with Steve Burton for a minute, and I was speaking with um, some people there, and no one's going to say anything. But I certainly went, hey, I really like CO77X, <laughs> you know, because I think that's great. By uh-huh. the way, I mean when I saw. Dante and the Adam Lambert song playing, and the, I thought, ooh, this is like the old days. Mm-hmm. This is like General Hospital when they had a like a tipped a big new story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was great, and obviously, I think he's going to be involved with Jason and Dante. I think there's a lot going to happen there, but I can't say. I just think it's going to be very interesting. I hear he's going to be very bad. A very bad, very bad man. You know, it's it, it seems like they seem to be kind of transitioning that canvas a little bit. I mean, bringing in Jonathan Jackson, that's a pretty big statement for, for them to make about, you know, the fact that well, maybe the tried and true for the last couple of years isn't working anymore on that, on that show. Right, and I think it hasn't been working, and we, I really had an issue with General Hospital, but I will tell you, with what's going to happen this week with Claudia and getting that out of the way and mm-hmm. moving this stuff forward, it's starting to be coming a show to watch. It feels like it's percolating again. So. It is percolating again. It really, really is. It's like the sh- I've actually been able to watch a whole episode, <laughs> unlike some shows named AMC <laughs> that I can't watch. <laughs> so what's on the what's on the horizon for Michael Fairman? I know you're joining the 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 new Scott and Melissa Reeves. Well, show. Listen, tell me about I that. have joined the Scott and Melissa Reeves show, and the first episode is tomorrow, and uh, it's going to be very interesting. It's a two-hour weekend show which combines country music and soap operas, and really the thought behind that was that it is really some of the same audience that follows country music, follows the soaps as you've seen from. Soap Nation and all the different Target things that they've done at the CMA festivals with the soap opera stars and Soap mm-hmm. Nation and these things. So Scott and Melissa are in Nashville. They live in Nashville. They have a farm. Okay. And this whole thing kind of came up, and I was like, wow, I, because, you know, I've been doing a lot of radio with the soaps with XM and, mm-hmm. and Sirius and all things, and I really thought, well, this is very interesting. So we kind of talked and figured out that, I would be the guy in Hollywood to really bring the soap interviews and the soap news within that two-hour show. So you will hear you, You've me. known them for years, haven't you? I'm I have. I have. It was so... I adore Melissa Reeves like there's nobody's business. I mean, we go way back, like when I was just a wee soap tad. And um, she's just one of my favorites, and just a great girl. And Scott and I have known each other for you know, a long time, too, uh, when I was working very heavily with Sony and The Young and the Restless, and he was Ryan. 
And so it was great to reconnect with them. And Scott and I had a coffee here when he was here. And we did the interview that you heard on the website a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we did that at Premiere. I brought them into the studio so we could really do something to promote what was going on going to be going on and at the time I knew that he was out here you know trying to see what was going on and he had mentioned that he had gone over to General Hospital mm-hmm. and um, you know he's very he's very good friends with Steve Burton and uh, I know they're very very good friends and um, you know I think he felt like now with his music career kind of being on the back burner with Blue County and he's really working on producing an album for his daughter, Emily, who I remember used was two. She's now seventeen. Wow. And I mean I remember her literally as two years old little girl that I used to hang out with in Melissa Reed's dressing room. <laughs> so that tells you how old I am. So <laughs> I am Melissa. No. So so um he was putting feelers out. So I wasn't I surprised when I'm going, Okay, we're working Absolutely. on the show I was like, my mouth dropped. I went, what? So I really did not know. I knew that things were kind of happening behind the scenes, but I didn't know where he would really land. Um, so that was great. And so I'm excited for him. And the show launches tomorrow, and every week's a new episode. It runs, like this one on October 30th through the 5th. So every Friday till Thursday, you get a new run episode. It's syndicated. We're picking up stations along in the... We're starting in Canada. There's several stations in Canada right now. It's moving into the U.S. We're picking up affiliates and syndicated stations that want to carry the show. So, so it's an actual radio show and not, not just an online thing. It is not online. It is an actual radio show. Now, okay. what we're, what's going to be happening is Cool Broadcasting is going to be having... We're actually going to have it streaming online, though. Okay. Uh, coming up in a few weeks, you'll be able to actually hear the episodes online. Um, so we can bring it to those people, you know, so they can get a feel for it, so we can really push the show. Because I would love to see the kind of vision that I was having, bringing soaps to the radio, Mm -hmm. and then we're incorporating trying to drive another audience with it, so with the the country aspect. So they're really doing a lot of the interviews with the um, songwriters, the country artists, um, and their banter, and then I come in and do my thing, which will be like an interview with Jonathan Jackson. Sure. and the soap news every week. So James Scott is my guest next week on the show, all about the baby switch and what's going on. We talked the other day. And Heather Tom is going to be my next guest after that because she's got Bill and Katie's wedding coming up on Bob and Beautiful. So what's great about the show is that the interviews I do for the show will actually be pertinent storyline for that week. I'm really going for stuff that you, the audience, wants to know from the actors to preview what's coming up. Wow! So that's that's exciting. So let's hope that that you know goes and just keep keep your ear out and, and sure. for stuff on the Scott Melissa Reeve show. How can we find out if if this is going to be playing on an affiliate that's close to us? Is there a, is there a website? Coolbroadcasting.com. Okay. Coolbroadcasting.com. And we'll have the information. Do you have a sense in terms of the percentage of the country it covers, or, or not really yet? I, I don't know. I know they're trying to pick up as many stations as they can. I know it's been picked up a lot in Canada, and I know that they're looking for country stations that will carry the show on the weekend um, and that kind of thing because it's really for the country market. You know, that's the, the, that's the one thing about it um, because it's really a music show. You know, so it's more like a music show with the soaps yeah. in there. 
You know I mean? But, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the going thing right now. If you look at people like Delilah and, you know, some of the other syndicated uh, shows that mix music with talk, I mean, that's kind of the, the going thing. It is the going thing now, and I think it's a great idea because what we, what you know, what I've always said and what I'm trying to do is really champion the genre and go, okay, how can we flip it? So everybody's like, it's not dying, and what's a new way to bring in more audience, and how can we marry these two audiences together? And I thought this concept was good. So I'm hoping that, you know, I've, I wanted to clarify with you earlier, I've left XM, and I'm doing Scott and Melissa Reeves' show. So okay. Soap Break is not happening. Okay. Because I'm not doing that, I'm doing their show. I got you, okay. So, so Soap Break is done for now, and I'm doing exclusively Scott and Melissa for now. Fantastic. And the Soap Break archives, are they still available? At your still, you can still go to Michael Fairman Soaps. Now, my other news <laughs> is that we are soon, 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 and you know we've talked about this before, and you know how this goes with websites. Mm-hmm. Every time people say my website's launching in June, that means it'll be launching in December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying to you, right now, my brand new website, which I'm so excited to show, um, is almost done. So I'm hoping, we were talking today, me and the developers, that we're hoping by mid-November is what I'm saying, if all goes well. Uh, and I think you guys will really, really love it. There's all new areas, a whole new overhaul, so much different. Stuff. And how does it differ from what's up now? Can, can you spill anything? I can spill everything. Like you're going to actually actually comment on posts. You're going to be able to leave posts as a community. There's a whole soap updates and previews area. There's the podcast. There's tons of video. I mean, everything's just reconfigured with new areas and a very user-friendly thing that really you can come there and you can really interact now where you could not do it on the other site. And the look of it and feel of it is very contemporary, and there is just a lot more areas of the site. And I think you'll really, really, really like it. I, I mean, there's a newsletter. I mean, everything that could have been there before is now there. Well, I tell you what, I'm on your mailing list, so so just kind of shoot me an email when, when you're closer to launching, and I will let oh, everybody will know, know here. All my listeners, I'll let everybody know. Yeah, I really think I really think they will very they will find this so user friendly and a way that everyone can communicate with each other. You can post, you can make comments. There's items. There's so much going on. I don't want to spill the beans yet, but it's a it's a real 180 turn. So. And is it going to have the same URL, or is it going to be different? Same URL. Fantastic. Yeah. So check out the. Or a lookout for the uh, sometime renovated. in November, probably the middle. <laughs> MichaelFairmanSoaps.com getting a major overhaul, and and it's going to be very exciting. You know that I love talking to you. I always love having you on the show, and you're welcome here anytime. Oh, thank you. I had a great time talking to you tonight. You too. What time is it? It is ten thirty-three here in Texas. Oh my God. Okay. We've been talking for ninety minutes already. Oh my God. Time flies <laughs> when you get me on the phone. <laughs> And everybody, be sure and check out One Life to Live Friday and Monday. It's history-making soap opera at its finest. Absolutely don't miss it. And start watching One Life all the time, too. Uh, you know, it's it's the show to watch right now. All the rumors flying around about its insecure future, we've got we've to get eyeballs to the screen, and we've got to get people watching this show because we cannot lose it. Absolutely. We can- well, thanks, Brandon. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye-bye. The fantastic Michael Fairman, everybody, on Brandon's Buzz. Brandon's Buzz in the can for Thursday, October 29th, 2009. A great special live episode of Brandon's Buzz. 
I don't have anything firm scheduled for next Tuesday. Uh, I have a couple of ideas, and so the minute I get something uh, worked out and confirmed, I will put it up on blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz and brandonsbuzz.com. Those are the two ways to find out the, the best and the most current information about this show. Uh, blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz, as I said at the top of the show, is kind of mission control for the show. You can find out what's on the show, what has been on the show, and what's coming on the show. You can listen to old episodes. You can download old past episodes. Uh, you can leave comments. You can send emails. You can do anything and everything from blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz that has to do with Brandon's Buzz. Uh, I mentioned brandonsbuzz.com. That's my blog at brandonsbuzz.com. At the top of the page, under the blue radio button, uh, there is a complete radio archive, all 40 shows. This is show number 41, and it will be up later tonight or early tomorrow. Uh, but there's a full radio archive of all my past episodes at brandonsbuzz.com. Just click on that blue radio button at the top of the page. Uh, that will take you to a page where all of my guests and their dates are listed. You can click on each date. That will take you to a page where you can see the great banners that my pal Joanne makes, tell me advertise the show, and you can listen to the corresponding show. So that's at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. I'm on iTunes. Just type in Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box. Scroll down to the podcast section. Click on my logo. From there, you can download previous episodes as individual podcasts for playback on the device of your choosing, or you can subscribe to the show and have each new episode automatically download to your library the minute they're uploaded to the music store. So I'm all over the Internet. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on iTunes. Just Google the words Brandon's Buzz, and something will pop up that points you in my direction. And I appreciate you guys finding me and listening to me, and I hope you continue finding and listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, everybody out there. This is Eileen Kristen, and I have just been on Brandon's Buzz. This is a great show and a very sophisticated mind. So spread the word, Brandon's Buzz. This is Claire Massey from Tammy Show, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Great guy. Great show. Check hey it out. Hey, guys. This is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi. This is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it. Baby, when you live on a street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon Buzz, the place to be. Hi, everybody. This is Nicholas Walker. Merci à tous. Écoutez Brandon Buzz sur Blog Talk Radio. Bonsoir et à très bientôt. <laughs> 